Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Oh, quick news item. Quick news item here as we head into the 9 o'clock hour. What big, is it? Big news. There's been an addition to the Sports Radio 610 family. Uh, and that addition is Penelope Jan Lopez. 642 AM, eight pounds. John Lopez is a John Lopez is a grandfather once again. Wow. So yeah, so uh John's son BG and uh his wife, who just got married about a year ago in New York. Well, a little little a uh, little less than a year ago in New York. They waste no time. They add to the family, yeah. And uh, and they uh, they are now a family of three. Penelope Jan Lopez. That's cool. A little tribute to Jan, uh, John's wife, is the middle name there. Nice job. Congratulations to the Lopez family. What's a, so that's his second grandchild. Second grandchild. Yep. Yep. He's a good grandpa. I wish I wish Lopez was my grandpa. He would probably adopt you. We can ask him during the toss if he would. Why, Feels a little weird. Feel like we're a little too close in age. I think. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what do you want him to take you fishing, Seth? Is that what it is? is it- <laughs> I want him to teach me how to talk to girls. <laughs> <laughs> You're never too old to learn. <laughs> Even when happily to, married, but to temper it in a way that I won't get arrested for sexual <laughs> harassment or whatever. Yeah. Don't talk to girls the way he did when he was in high school, but, you know, the modern way. Grandpa John, can you teach me how to talk to girls? Seth, you're married. I know. I, I haven't been able to talk to Brandy in 20 years. I need, yeah. <laughs> she's just not feeling my vibe. Um, all right, so congrats to uh, the Lopez family. Great news. And John will be here today, so he we'll, we'll get to talk to him during the toss. And we'll get to wish him a happy Mecoversary today as well. She was born, Penelope Jan Lopez, big day, born on the same Day, the anniversary of the D'Amico Ryan's hire in uh, 2023, January 31st, 2023. The trajectory of the Texans franchise changed forever when the Texans hired D'Amico Ryan's. I had mentioned this. I played this earlier in the show. I'll play it again for the later in the show audience because I think it's kind of cool to hear stuff like this. But um, on the day that D'Amico was hired, I was doing a YouTube with Landry. Landry and I were chopping it up about the Texans and the coaching situation. And at that point, there was a lot of smoke around D'Amico coming here and being the head coach. It felt like it was almost finalized. It looked like it was going to happen. I was in a mode where I'm like, I still just can't believe this is going to happen. Something good's going to happen to the Texans. I can't believe it. This is amazing. And as I was doing the YouTube with Landry, my phone was ringing and I couldn't pick it up. So it went to voicemail. When I got over there to my phone, once I was done chopping with Landry, this was the voicemail message that I had waiting for me. Hey, Sean, this Cal calling to let you know we have completed our head coach search and agreed to terms and signed a contract with Tineco Ryans. Um, he's a bright young coach, and it's going to bring some excitement to our fan base, and I hope you enjoy the ride because it's going to be fun. All right, thanks. wanted you to know. Thanks, bud. Appreciate that. And, and so- I'll holla. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. He probably wanted to talk to you in person. You know, I'm sure he, he had did. to leave that message and, uh, and not to get to hear the the excitement in your voice. He knows. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm sure he wanted to it's chat. A, it does suck. As much as I hate talking on the phone, I do. It sucks when you actually genuinely that one percent of the time you want to talk to somebody. Yeah. And you have to leave a message with good news or something. Well, yeah. Yeah. yeah it was it would have been a fun conversation. I, I kind of like that he left a voicemail because I now have that for posterity's sake. Well, you know, that's we'll, true. You know, as opposed to secretly recording the call. Like yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. I normally you, do. Right. You wouldn't be able to play that on the radio. <laughs> right. Not without recording. permission. Yeah. FCC and whatnot. Yeah. The little red button you have under your desk. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Always always recording those calls. I thought it was it was cool, like to you know just to hear that again and think about what this last year has been like. And when he says it was, it's going to be a fun ride, I don't think there's a single part of this one year ride we've been on, and hopefully many more to come, 
that has not drastically exceeded expectations. Like I, I and expectations I think were high for me in a lot of areas, but culture, on field product, player development, how D'Amico handles the media. As you pointed out earlier, Seth, I think game management, which as a rookie head, even a smart rookie head coach like D'Amico Ryans, who's yeah. never had that on his plate, he was really good at that too. Yeah, Andy Reid was atrocious with game management forever, even as he was one of the best offensive minds in the NFL. And that part of it, like in terms of the coordination and organization that goes into all of that, a lot of the game day's decisions are you know, ultimately they fall on the head coach's shoulder, but there's a committee behind it. Yeah. And it's a matter, it's a the coach needing to be very smart about like which information he's getting from whom. I think that's that's maybe where some of the benefit of both having been a player and then also working under Kyle Shanahan and maybe thinking about these things for a long time. As a as a signal caller, especially Sean, like <laughs> the linebackers. There's nothing worse than when the linebacker is trying to get the call from the coaches and the offense is like breaking the huddle, coming up to the line, and the dumbass coaches can't get a call in. Yeah. And you're like, so you're out there just trying to come up with something on the fly or waiting to make the call, and then you got to tell your stupid defensive lineman what the call is and it's loud in there. I like middle linebackers might know better than anybody about just the the urgency of get, how hard it is to get a call in sometimes. Yeah, and so he can appreciate that, having been yeah, in that position yeah. before. Yeah. When you said there was a new addition to the family, I thought you were talking about Area 45. Uh, that is um, that is a new addition to the family as well. The yeah. Night Show. Uh, the Night Show with Patrick Creighton and Sean Bajani. Another another fine addition to the family. Um, you guys should, you should all listen in the evenings or just watch it on YouTube if you uh, can't stay up that late. Yeah. Oh, see, we got local live and local in the evenings here. That's that's great. It's great for us, Seth, because a lot of people are going to be listening live and local, and they just leave it on 610, and they wake up in yeah. the morning, and they, they've got old Payne and Pendergast there for them to, to drive the YouTube, in. YouTube, I, I, a couple of um, people in the last game came up to me and told me they really like watching on the stream uh, just because I, I think in the same way you do with the radio, it's just you got a tab open and it's your YouTube right there, and boom, there you go. Yeah, it's it's on. There's not a lot of monkeying around or anything. Do you uh, are you conscious of the cameras on us throughout the show, or do you kind of just uh, continue to do the same? I look same at way? myself a lot. A lot of times when you're yammering on about something, I'll just kind of gaze at myself. That's a lot of times, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot of gazing at yourself. <laughs> no, I'm not. I think I've kind of forgotten about it. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, like if anything, like. If if I have the little, if I have a little screen with my my image up in it, I almost feel like it's more of a mirror mm -hmm. than an actual camera. Yeah, I try not to. Yeah, I don't think about it. Um, so it's like it's. I look. I've been on OnlyFans forever, Sean. Right, so right, this right. Is nothing. So this like, is nothing. Like I've yeah. got my clothes. This is kind of boring, actually. Right, yeah, yeah. right, right. <laughs> um, so, um, so this is a good day. One year anniversary for D'Amico Ryan's, and we are celebrating with the fact that Bobby Slowick and Gerard Johnson are back. I think that's an appropriate way to celebrate Mikoversary. Bobby Slowick and Gerard Johnson, and uh, look, I, I was feeling better and better about them coming back. I think with Gerard Johnson, um, you know, his his taking a full-time job and then being elevated to offensive coordinator this quickly would have been a surprise. It wouldn't have been unheard of, but it would have been a surprise. And likewise with Bobby Slowick, it's not unheard of for guys to get a job after just one year as a, a coordinator, but it is the exception. Mm -hmm. It's not the rule. And I think that the bigger exception here would be that he did some great, great work with a young quarterback, and yet they didn't have a genuinely good offense. Mm -hmm. So I think that's – if the Texans had been like a top-five scoring offense, then there, then there might have been a real risk of losing him. Um, but they're not there yet. And I think the, the, a big part of that is just, okay, how, how fast can they get the run game going this year? Yeah. That's going to be, that's one of the Bobby Slogan's big challenges is, okay, can you prove that you can actually get a rushing attack, a competent rushing attack going? Yeah. What do you do with the running back room? Do you, do you have to, you, you got to start sign Derrick Henry. Yeah. It's as simple as that. Yeah. You were getting into a Derrick Henry YouTube wormhole, uh, earlier this week. Is that what you told me during one I of the I was watching, uh, I was between watching myself and watching Derrick Henry highlights <laughs> right. during, while well, you're yammering. That's, uh, it's pretty much occupied all my time this Wh morning. Which was sexier to you, the Derrick Henry highlights or yourself? I like to Photoshop my face onto <laughs> Derrick Henry's body. As I watch him God, truck stick people. You know down who the looks field. really good in his own scheme? <laughs> me on Derrick Henry's me on body. Derrick Henry's body. <laughs> yeah. You're talking me uh, into uh you're talking me into Derrick Henry as to putting him at the top of my free agent power rankings for running backs. 
the biggest thing about Derrick Henry is that I think all of those reservations that you have about older running backs, yes, they're accurate. You should worry about it. And yet, Derrick Henry is an extreme throwback in a lot of ways in that he's been remarkably durable. Mm-hmm. Only one season in which he didn't play at least 16 games in his career. And in three of the last four years, he's had the most rushing attempts in the NFL. Now, if I, if I were to tell you, hey, he's had three of, the, uh, three of the last four years, he's had the most rushing attempts in the NFL, and uh, that means he's going to rush for 1,500 yards next year, you should, you should shoot me in the head. That's dumb. But if I were to tell you, look, he's been incredibly durable. He's built like he looks like he should be durable, kind of like a Frank Gore perhaps. And he doesn't have to lead the league in rushing attempts next Mm-mm. year. Mm-mm. I think that's where and, – and then the big thing too is he's got great, productive, successful experience in a zone running scheme. He can run gap scheme if that's what you need to. Like he's very adaptable. Um, but – if there's there will be a scheme fit with him in a way that it can actually help your offensive line. Yeah. Um, the cohesion between your quarterback, the running back, and the offensive line in this scheme is very, very important. And in a lot of ways, he can be a leader in that regard. And he doesn't, again, like he doesn't have to be the bell cow. I think that a lot of teams will be scared off by his age. I don't think that he's going to get the money that Saquon Barkley or other ridiculously fragile running backs might get. And because of that, I think, I think it's – if you can get him on a two- or three-year deal that feels like it's a little too much but is still way less than what some of those other running backs will get, I think it's a slam dunk. Yeah, game. yeah. I, I, like I was writing down names. I, I want to put up a poll question, but I want you to help me word it a little bit here. I, okay. I, and, and, and basically the question is, assuming that the money is reasonable, whatever that yeah. means for, for these guys, purely just based on durability – style of running, et cetera, which of the four free agent running backs, these four, would you want? Derrick Henry, Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler. Did you say purely based on just the – without money being a Without factor? money, assuming, that, assuming yeah. that whatever the contract is, we're okay with it. Yeah, I would say Josh Jacobs. Yeah. If it was um, – I mean, he's just – he's the full – he's – He's everything. Yeah. I mean, he was injured this last year, and he only had averaged 3.5 yards per carry. That's the big, the big question mark there. Ah, boy. It, like, without with putting – and that's assuming that he gets offered a, a greater contract than Derrick Henry. Yeah. There, real, there really is a there's, a – there's a Derrick Henry durability factor that's hard for me to shake. I just – I mean, he's been through the second contract – and, yeah, he's not going to be the leading rusher in the league. I mean, he was second leading rusher this year, but it was 1,100-some yards. It's just different than it used to be, yeah. you know. Yep. Um, but he's a workhorse, and he's already survived his second contract. I feel like he's established that he can be a Frank Gore type of guy. Mm-hmm. And, I, like, I trust that guy. And, I, and it's weird to say this in a year where the Texans finally, blessedly, managed to shut him down completely. But he was running behind the worst offensive line in the NFL this yeah. year and still did a lot of things really, really well. I, I would love Derrick Henry on this team. I look at those four names and I think, because basically the way we're wording it is it's a popularity poll. Like which one you know gets yeah. you the most excited? I think Saquon Barkley would win that poll. And yeah. and I and I know that terrifies you if they were to sign I, Saquon both Barkley. Both from an injury standpoint. like He's undependable both from an injury standpoint and just a game by game productivity standpoint or a, a carry by carry. Mm-hmm. It's not, it's, it's a lot of boomer bust with him. And I just don't trust that as like what I want to really, to really establish that ability to week in, week out, run the ball, set up the play action, do all those things, and to run the ball successfully. I know you don't have to run the ball successfully to set up the play action, but it sure as hell helps uh, when you only have to convert a third and four instead of a third and nine. Absolutely. The play action doesn't really help you a lot on third yeah. and nine. Yeah. Hell so, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, I, yeah. I, uh, I ju- and I, and I, think, I think somebody's going to pay Saquon Barkley yeah. a good amount of money. I, I just don't want, I want nothing to do with a big running back contract. Yeah, I definitely don't want Saquon Barkley at the annual amount that he got this year, which was like twelve million bucks. I, I don't yeah. know that I want any of these guys at twelve million bucks. I like I, I'm in that. I'm shopping in that six or seven million dollar aisle at the most when it comes to running backs. This is, the, this is where I look at it with Derrick Henry. I can envision. Uh, it's easier for me to envision a future where Derrick Henry signs. He's part of at least a two running back committee, 
and maybe he gets a thousand yards per year every year for the next four years. That would be awesome, or three years. Let's say three years. That'd be incredible. That'd be awesome. Um, I could see Saquon Barkley leading the league in rushing next year, and then being completely unavailable the year after. Playing that. seven games and then, in rushing yeah, for and then also, yards, and then and then all of a sudden having the fizzle out that like every running back seems to have these days. Yeah, I just and then that is part of it, honestly. I, I just I don't trust any running back on a second contract. Yeah. It's just been it's been absolutely atrocious for the most part, other than the outliers like a Christian McCaffrey or somebody. Mm. Man, Derrick Henry, that would be fun. Um, big eye in the sky doesn't lie. This is a text talking about our YouTube stream. Sean picks his nose twice per hour. Seth Payne nine and a half times per hour. That's not true. Once per hour, that's it for me. Just one nice clean run through, and I'm good. A twice an hour is a little much. The fact that he called it the eye in the sky tells me that he hasn't even watched a, a single second <laughs> the YouTube? Of, the, uh, of the YouTube. It does yeah. kind of aim so. down a little bit here in the studio, but it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's not. No, it's not the eye in the sky. Sorry, sir. Um, kind of excited. Mad Dog's on first take today. My my wish is that Mad Dog has a take where he says, "You should have take the points," <laughs> so that I can play that for Seth tomorrow and just see can how. I- <laughs> See how much you've grown here, yeah. Okay, tell me this though. Like, uh, regardless of what, however you feel about Dan Campbell's decision, and to be clear, I'm not saying that the right decision was to go for it. I'm saying that I felt like it was about a 50 50 decision, and either way, it's just a matter of executing after that. Um, but aside from all that, like, can we agree that? If it's a 50% probability that you're going to make the field goal, you can't be making an argument where you say take the points. Right, of course. Yeah, you yeah, can't. Like you simply cannot yeah. make the argument. you got to take the points and then base everything after that on like assuming that you would have made, those, made that field I'm goal. I'm 100% with you on that. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I saw one of the – in Mike Sando's column, one of the anonymous coaches who was livid, livid with Dan Campbell's decision, yeah. was, it, it was pointed out to him that the field goal kicker wasn't very good. And that coach was livid that he was like, you can't account, you can't take that into, you can't just, you can't worry about whether or not he's going to make it. I'm Dude. Like, what the hell are you talking? Are you not worrying about whether or not the fourth down conversion attempt some of these, would be good or not? Some of these it's coaches. Like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, Dude, just some of these coaches are the dumbest millionaires that I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. That, uh, that Florio comment that he had talked to a coach who said that, the only reason analytics exists is so people that could never get jobs in football can get a job in football. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, and that coach is definitely not getting a job in the analytics department. No, no. Like, <laughs> like, I don't even understand what that. I don't even understand what point that guy was trying to make. Yeah. Other than that, like, I guess the creation of the analytics departments in general were know. all just ways for. For guys who the owner felt needed jobs in football or something? Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I don't either. I don't either. All right. Um, Payne and Pendergast with you. Um, let's A little Astros here. We're, we're, uh, we're coming up. It's February tomorrow, which means we're like two weeks away from pitchers and catchers. There is one big void on the Astros. I know a lot of Astro fans, they're looking at free agency. Still got to get this. Still got to get that. Like to upgrade this. There is one void on the Astros that people are not really paying that close of attention to right now. And it'll be interesting to see if they can address it from inside the building. We'll tell you what that is next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Pain and Pendergast. 
Kane and Pendergast with you on a uh, Wednesday. Good to be with you. Um, so the Astros, we get started here in a couple of weeks with pitchers and catchers, man. There was a lot of Astro folks at the Houston Sports Awards last night, excited for the season. Josh Hader signing seems to have been like a nice <clears throat> little B12 shot in this offseason, Seth. Like it was a pretty dormant yeah. offseason, I think. And now this was- Josh Hader signing is sort of a you know showing them they mean business kind of thing. Well, the hot the hot stove league continues to get colder and colder. There's still like many notable free agents still out there as pitchers and catchers are about to report. So, um, I yet I the Josh Hader signing was uh, I don't know if it was a a huge boost or anything, but it was a a little bit of um, I think it was reassuring to see that okay, they're 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 remaining aggressive. This this window isn't closed. Um, like up in Boston right now, I don't know how this came across my timeline. Oh, it's because I saw that John Henry was trending, and I thought, ooh, maybe new folklore or something. And uh, it turns out they're talking about the owner of the Red Sox and how much he's hated and despised up in Boston. Oh, really? Because they refused to uh, refuse. Oh, to spend yeah, money and saw, yeah, I saw that. Like they're yeah. they're pulling back on their spending. Boy, that's got to yeah. feel weird for Red Sox fans. Yeah. Sorry, you don't just get to a blank check anymore, Red Sox fans. I'm I'm glad you sent me this article from the athletic though because it's for a team in the Astros that has had such a strong culture since 2015 and you know people outside of Houston would never understand or realize exactly like how solid a foundation they've had in terms of a lot of their veteran leadership i think that some of it some of it flies under the radar when it comes to the latin american side of it yeah. Um, because, you know, because uh, the gringos like Sean and I don't necessarily appreciate like what guys like Hector Neris have done for the Latin players on yeah. the team and like how much he's helped them come along and, and like understand baseball and feel like a part of the organization. Yeah. Let me lay out the article you're talking about here. Um, the, uh, the Chandler Rome has a piece that he wrote on Monday. And talking about how, you know, everybody's excited about the season coming up, but they lose Hector Neris in free agency over the weekend to Chicago. They let Martin Maldonado walk, and now everybody's got a certain kind of way they feel about Maldonado, but it's undeniable that Maldonado was a leader in that clubhouse. That is a that that is a fact. And then Michael Brantley retiring also leaves a leadership void at the very least. He didn't play much last year, but leadership void. Neris is the one that was Eye-opening for me, Seth, only because we hadn't seen a lot of anecdotes about Nearest. When you're a catcher, the leadership is very evident. And Maldonado, I mean, Dusty Baker was like a walking infomercial for Martin Maldonado. Brantley, we had heard the story about his speech at the World Series in 2022. Nearest, I didn't realize, was such a big leader for that bullpen. And, and Chandler Rome's got some anecdotes in here about how when he first signed with the Astros, he wanted to get the the Latin American minor league prospects together for a dinner to yeah. talk with them about being a big leaguer and so forth. And then just the subsequent two seasons after that in Houston only reinforced just what a big presence he was on that pitching staff, a pitching staff full of young Latino players that are navigating their first few seasons of professional baseball. Yeah, and, and Chandler had written about this, I want to say it was last year or maybe it was two years ago, whenever the like, nearest had been with the team for four months and he asked the team to um, – they had this spring training tradition of inviting every Latin American minor league prospect to dinner. Yeah. And they had always done that in Philadelphia. So he decided to do it in, um, in Houston. Mm-hmm. So nearest kind of established it in Houston said nearest asked the team to assist and even offered to drive a van back and forth. If it could not arrange transportation, uh, the team did. So around 60 prospects enjoyed advice from a veteran reliever and dinner at a Colombian restaurant on Nearest's dime. Like he paid for it and everything. So like nearest was just very much took the bull by the horns and being a leader and, and helping out the young guys too. So it's, yeah, it does feel, it feels, very much like between him and Maldonado and just all the various other guys that have left over the last few years how do you start replacing all of that yeah and I I I don't know the answer to that I you know they it's they they you know they've imported Josh Hader and that's it I guess you know from the standpoint of leadership on the pitching staff you've got Justin Verlander around for a full season now so there's there's that I you know I 
I don't know the, the I don't know how to categorize Justin Verlander's leadership other than he's probably a great lead by example guy at the very least, right? We could tell we could tell the story about the time during the ALCS that he he poked his That's head back right. up and That's right. uh, and, and uh, just yelled for everybody to. Uh, to what was to, that again? You remember Jose, right? It was a big news story. It was uh, uh, Verlander put ducked his head out. He had his shirt off. He had his shoulder in ice, and he yelled at everybody in the dugout. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when was that again? <laughs> that was from, okay, for those who don't know, Seth and I interviewed Jose Altuve last year, and Seth brought up what was, I, I think, a moment that a lot of Astro fans remember, Justin they, Verlander. They made kind of a big deal of it yeah. in in the news the next day. Yeah. It, that uh, Verlander had kind of like, look at how look at how committed he was and like how he was he was not not even cheering on his teammates, but almost like commanding them to do something. Yeah, he's yeah. yelling. And it was, I think it was game yeah. two of the World Series. It was a road game for sure. It was in L.A. Yeah. And, 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 and he looked, I mean, dialed in, telling the guys, yeah. let's get this. Let's do this. And Seth. Asked Jose Altuve what that was what that was like. He asked how, Jose Altuve about that Justin Verlander moment, and Altuve said, uh, "When was that again?" Yeah. So I went back and watched it, yeah. and like in my memory, it had been like him talking to everybody, just glued in on him. Oh yeah, like it, Roquan yeah. Smith before the yeah. AFC title game. Yeah. In reality, it was like Verlander ducked his head out, like. Three people walked past him without even looking at him, <laughs> yelled something, and then that was it. Like, I don't know if anybody even knew he was even there. He treated or him like yeah. he is holding up a sign saying he needed food. Like he was a homeless remember. guy on the meeting. Yeah. And let's remember, it was loud, too. It was too loud to hear a garbage can of clanging. <laughs> so, like, you know yeah, they couldn't hear Verlander's voice, but oh that's, the, uh, that's the leadership that they have now. Yeah, man. Yeah, Jose Altuve, he was, yeah. Well, what was that again? Uh, what was that again? I felt so bad. I sent, I immediately sent, I went, like, after the interview, I, I, I grabbed that video and I sent it to the publicist that had uh, done everything. I was like, yeah, if you show Jose this and if he needs a laugh, this is how stupid it was. What I, I, <laughs> oh, this you thing sent, I was asking him to remember. You the YouTube of the Verlander yeah, moment. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was funny. That was funny. Um, is there a leadership concern on the Astros this year? Like, as I'm going through the roster in my mind here, um, I'm trying to think of who like the alphas are. Like you know, Bregman, you know he's he's got leadership qualities. Jose Altuve, more of a lead by example guy, I, but certainly major major respect. I think that you know, like Lance Lance with now his age, like he's a genuine veteran, even though he's not out there much anymore. I think there's a there's a presence and there's kind of a, like a continuity with him and a genuine pride in the organization that I feel like that that provides something. He's getting up to that age too where he's like he's always been a very cerebral guy. Um so I think when he's when he's working with the younger guys that probably helps a lot. Um like he's that's a shame about it with Lance is for all of his physical issues, he's exactly the right kind of guy you want that actually like really cares about his team. Mm -hmm. As a professional athlete, uh, if you can get guys that actually really care about the team, that's a big, big deal. And and he's that guy. But he's also, you know, he's just not he's not the alpha when it comes to the the performance side of things. He said this last it, McCullers. I think it was McCullers who said this because I, I I'm trying to think of current Astros who were, who made it up to the stage last night, and he's the only one I can think of. I, Berkman was up there, but he's retired. So I think it was McCullers who said this, and I've heard other people say this too during the off season because Kyle Tucker. Has been a you know he's been a big topic this offseason just because I think there's a lot of Astro fans who would like to see him locked up long term, but I've seen people talk about Kyle Tucker's leadership, mm -hmm. and McCullers said this on the stage last night at the Houston Sports Awards. They said you know you, people don't often think this with Kyle Tucker because he's got a certain type of personality, but he's become one of the leaders in that clubhouse too. Um, so do you are you buying Kyle Tucker as a leader in the Astros clubhouse? Yeah, um, I, I guess. Sure, and you never know exactly what I get. I, I don't know if, like, you know, are you going to hear people say the same thing about him that, like, a Brian McCann or a Carlos Beltran yeah. um, or those guys that they brought, you know, back in? And that, again, all of this gets colored by the being better than everybody else scandal in a way when you talk about Carlos Beltran. But those guys were a big deal. Yeah. Um, you know, and I don't know. I don't know if he's got that same gravitas that those guys do. It is tricky, I think. You know, if we buy into what Chandler Rome is laying out in this article, that yeah. Hector Neris being gone, Martin Maldonado being gone in free agency, and Michael Brantley retiring. So all three are gone. They were major leaders in the Astros clubhouse. It does create an interesting dynamic with a first-year manager. 
albeit one who's been in that clubhouse the last several years in Joe Espada, but he's in the big seat now. You know, so I, I just think that's I think it's something to monitor more than anything else. Like, is this a team where it looks like chemistry is an issue? They look a little lost at times this year. You know, we'll, maybe maybe the first couple months of this season serves as a referendum on this sort of thing. I just think yeah. first time between that and managing the bullpen situation with Hader and Presley at the back end here. If there's I know they've been saying there's no issue with either of these guys, but Ryan Presley hasn't spoken on this yet. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, I think the the biggest thing is that for one, they've got multiple guys that have a boatload of playoff experience already, and so that part I don't worry about. I think that 2015 and 16 squad, they looked at it and they thought, man, these guys have a bunch of minor league championships, but we really haven't, you know, they haven't really been tested at the major league level. We got to get some guys in who do that. I think that the only. I think as long as you have the right kind of guys on your team and they get that experience, the leadership emerges. And like with the pitching staff, whether it's a Javier or an Akiti or a Framber or whomever it is, I think that that comes over time. Yeah. But I don't like, I don't, there, there's not enough jackasses on this team for me to worry about the leadership. No. If there were a bunch of jackasses, I'd worry about the leadership. I, no, I would too. I would too. Yeah, and again, these are first world problems in baseball. Like, we're sitting here yeah. talking about a leadership vacuum from three guys who are leaving, and meanwhile in Detroit, they're talking about not having enough good baseball players. You know what I mean? Right, like it's right. So these are first world problems. Of the three, by far the most interesting is Maldonado leaving and Yiner Diaz being given the big seat full-time, second-year yeah, where that was cited as a reason why a lot of these pitchers wanted to throw to Maldonado was, I mean, I'm categorizing it as leadership. It's really probably more experience than leadership or anything else. But the management of the pitching staff, because you, I think you can find somebody else to fill Neris's role on the staff. I think you know Michael Brantley being the older guy in the clubhouse, that voice to go to. Hell, that could be something Jose Abreu could be. You know, he's 37 yeah. years old. The Yiner Diaz thing is to me by far the most intriguing one of the three. You know, and, that, and I, I guess like in terms of leadership, it, it can come from a bunch of different directions. But even in in working with Yiner Diaz and giving him that confidence, like exactly, you know, how good are the various pitchers going to be with him on that? You mm-hmm. know, like if it was if it was Goose Gossage up there throw into a young, uh, <laughs> you know, green green catcher. Exactly. Like, how would it go? How would it go with the Einer Diaz and uh, Goose Gossage? Well, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. In the era of the pitch clock. Yeah. So, yeah. Goose was mean, dude. <laughs> yeah. Not well. I don't worry. Like, I feel like that. I feel like the pitchers will work well with him and bringing that along. But it is. At some point, Yiner's just got to be. He's. I, I don't think he's as. He might not be as naturally assertive as Maldonado was. Yeah. But Maldonado may have just earned that over time with his experience and expertise. I think Yiner's been texting all the guys, you know, like trying to connect with them a little bit and show, you know, like showing a form of leadership. He's communicating with them throughout the offseason, you know? He's like asking them questions yeah, about their checking dogs in with and them. stuff. Yeah, 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 checking in with them, you know, just getting get to the, the human level. He uh, and Caratini have been, uh, they, they said they've been going back and forth a bit. Yep. Just uh, talking about strategy and all that stuff. Yeah, I've, I've heard Caratini's name get brought. It might have even been by Lance last night as somebody that's been a nice addition. Um, as long as uh, Chris in the ATL, as long as we have Verlander shouting obscenities at opposing managers, the young Astro pitchers will be fine. Hashtag true leadership. Yeah, that, remember that when he shouted at Alex Cora? Cora was mm-hmm. getting jerky about the pitch comm. Verlander dropped an F-bomb on his head. And I think sometimes too, I think, I think people sleep on Bregman a little bit just because he was, as a young guy, he was so brash and, uh, like almost, almost seemed like a, like a, like an aggressive frat kid when he was young. He's, he's mature and it wasn't ever an issue or anything. It was fun, right? Like he was kind of like, you know, he was had an in your face attitude about stuff and it was fun. I think he's like, he's mellowed out in, in a good way as he's gotten older into more of a guy that I look at as a genuine leader. Yeah. Like he's in a, you know what he is? He's an adult. Now. Yeah, he's an adult. Yeah. I don't know. I love that version of Alex Bregman when he doesn't have yeah. to be the guy who's the leader in the clubhouse. He's a great supporting actor. You know what I mean? Like the uh-huh. crazy cousin. Yeah, now he's he's evolved into more of a guy who everybody can follow. I agree with that. Um, all right, Payne and Pendergast with you uh, on, a, um, on a Wednesday. All right, so Bobby Slowick, deal done. Gerard Johnson, deal is done. Both are getting raises. Both are coming back. What is next on the agenda this offseason for Nick Casario, D'Amico Ryans, and the Houston Texans? That is next. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents Payne and Pendergast. Payne and Pendergast with you. All right, so Bobby Slowick is in the fold. Gerard Johnson in the fold for another year. Do you expect? Do you expect this to be Seth just a one more year thing with both these guys right now? Like, is I, that's how kind of I'm looking at it? Even though I'm as skeptical as anybody about, hey, there's going to be all these openings and everybody's going to be pawing at Bobby Slowick trying to get him in the building. That seems to be what the consensus is. But a lot of the national guys like, yeah, they're bringing Bobby Slowick back. Good move, Texans. And then he'll be the cream of the crop next year when it comes time. I do kind of feel that way. I feel like, okay, this is the, you know, we're going to get one of those kind of one more year run for CJ with these two guys. I think at the very least, it's, it's probably silly to think that It'll be this way for more than one more year with all three of these guys. The guys, okay, so coordinators who are like in the discussion every year and yet find themselves mm. not an NFL head coach. Eric Bieniemy. Eric Bieniemy has kind of fallen out of the the head coaching higher circle. I, I guess like it's. I mean, it's safe enough to say at this point that okay, like Eric Bieniemy is not a sought after NFL head coach. Um, now I say that maybe he ends up being the Washington head coach this year, but I, I think the biggest thing is that there have been many other coaches uh, hired between now and when Eric Bieniemy first became a hot topic. Um, you know that it's and it's there's just something there. There's just something there. In four hiring cycles for yeah, him now. Yeah. Um. So he was somebody. Like, he was somebody Deshaun wanted back in 2020 for the Texans. Well, remember? no, he was. Remember, he was asked, "Do you like Eric Bieniemy?" And he said, "Yeah, I like Eric Bieniemy." But um, my point and, is the timeline yeah. less so than right, Deshaun. Right. Yeah. There was there was a whole lot of reporting about that where people would ask a question about somebody and they would say, "Yeah, I like that guy." And then yeah, um, Luana Rumo, defensive coordinator for the Bengals. He's like, like one of these guys who's perpetually uh, like. In very highly lauded, yeah, but 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 not interviewed a lot, and not thought of as a guy that's like I don't. Did he, I don't remember seeing his name this year in I'm, interviews. Yeah, I'm sure he may have gotten an interview or two. I don't know. Yeah, Ijiro uh, Aviro. I think he's been interviewed a couple times, but I don't think he's really a hot name yet. Uh, ben Johnson supposedly took himself out of this race. I'm not buying it completely. I, yeah, all right. Um, I, or he maybe got a feeling that he wasn't going to get the job. And like those are the current guys. I. Like, Dan Quinn has had his chance already, and he might end up getting it right now. So, like, for the most part, guys, unless, they're, unless they've got a, a checkered past or they're notoriously awful interviews um, or they just don't seem like they have the personality for it, yeah. they tend to get that shot at some point. Yeah. So I, the biggest question with Bobby Slowick would be, if the offense doesn't actually become a genuinely good offense next year, then then I think there's a chance he doesn't get an opportunity. Yeah. If the offense if the offense becomes a genuinely good offense, like a top scoring offense, then then I think it's a very very good chance that he's gone. Well, especially if it's for the same reasons that it wasn't genuinely a really good offense this year. You know, like if it's if the running game with a whole new slew of people with this yeah. if the running game with the largely the same offensive line because I think it's going to be the same offensive line, hopefully healthier, and with new running backs, better running backs, maybe Derrick Henry, maybe somebody like that, and it looks the same this year, then that would yeah. be a red flag for me. I get, remember though, it's not going to be the same offensive line. It really there might only be two of those five guys from the, what the majority of the offensive line play was this year because you're going to have Titus Howard at right tackle. Yep. Um, you know, the the right guard and left tackle will be the same, but then the center and the guard are going to be different than what they were for much of the year too. Presumably, so I think that's yeah. a. So it's like the majority, like it'll be, it's uh it's sixty percent different in a lot of ways than what you saw for most of the year, and 
I, that could either be good or it could be bad. I, that's, yeah, that's going to be the big indicator of, okay, what if Bobby Slow can't get a run game going and if there's relative health on the offensive line, then what, what do we have here? Well, and, and I think, too, one of the questions is how quickly how quick a healer is Titus Howard? I mean, tore his ACL, it, yeah. you know, a decent chunk of the way through the season. You know, that's a that's not a three-month recovery or something like that. You know, Kyler Murray tore his ACL last year, and he couldn't get on the field until about halfway through this season because yeah. of the torn ACL. I think that's a big question. Like, for the most part, usually nine months should do it for, for a lineman unless there's complications. So, Which butts you kind of uh, right up against training camp. So you get none yeah, of the spring yeah. activities. You're getting none yeah. of that. It would be if he if he doesn't start week one, I, like usually I think that would mean that there were some kind of issues, um, or they want him to be a hundred percent. As far as what's next for the Texans, because that's a big to me. Like I did a post on the Houston Press that kind of put together the checklist for the Houston Texans this off season, and the primary one, just because of timing, was what's the coaching staff look like, and so far the only real change on the coaching staff is. Jacques Césaire is not back as the D-line coach. They have not filled that spot yet, but I think the big to-dos on the coaching staff were what does OC and quarterbacks coach look like. It's going to be the same guys that were doing it last year. I guess the next item for the Texans, I mean, they're going to go, they're, they're at the Senior Bowl this week. The Combine's yeah. coming up. As far as things that directly impact the roster, it's free agency, and where do you shop? You know, what, what aisle are you shopping at in, in, uh, in, in free agency? you got a lot of money to go spend. With defensive line coach, the the biggest thing I was wondering was, all right, it, like Jock Cesare seemed to do a good enough job this year, and the defensive line, I think, got better as the season went along. And it, it may have just been a matter of D'Amico has some guy out there that that he likes and thinks knows this system better. The 49ers defensive line coach is Chris Kokurik, Kosurik. Okay. And I don't know, like, I, I have no idea what his contract is or anything. Like, it would be a lateral move if you were to come over and be defensive line coach. But there might be somebody like, somebody like that out there that's yeah. got an existing job but is still in the playoffs um, or is an assistant defensive line coach on the playoffs. Somebody like that might be already kind of slotted to come over here. So free agency is probably the next thing on the list as far as things that impact the roster or the coaching staff, unless there's a change we don't see coming on the coaching staff. Text message, here's a question for you guys. You can sign two of these players. Derrick Henry, Chris Jones, Mike Evans, Christian Wilkins, Justin Matabike. Who do you sign? I'm going to tell you right now, if you're signing two of them, Derrick Henry's got to be one of them because any two of the other four are going to be super expensive. Yeah, yeah. You know, Jones is a $30 million player. Mike Evans is probably at least a $20 million a year player. And I think Wilkins and Matabike are right in that in that probably Quinn and Williams range of being in the low twenties at, at least to play the interior of the defensive line for you. I don't think you're bringing in, I mean, you're not going to bring in two uh, okay. of Wilkins, Matabike and Jones. Uh, I'll tell you, honestly, Chris Jones, I get a little bit nervous with Chris Jones because a, he took a huge leap forward when he was a free agent, which happens sometimes it's, it's, you know, I don't know. Um, but B for a guy that's awesome as a pass rusher, He's not real active in the run game, and I like, I don't know I like he's got this. It's hard for me because he's got this knack for really really showing up in critical moments. Like uh, in the uh, in the divisional round, he he had the last two pressures of that game. Yeah, that um, versus the Bills that ended up really winning the game for yep, him. Yep. So, but I I just there's a part of me that just wonders and worries exactly what kind of a player you're getting over the course of the next four or five years of a very lucrative contract. Who do you it's, think uh, Who do you think D'Amico likes out of all those guys? Those interior like Chris Jones, I think he pro- Christian yeah, Wilkins, Justin Matabike. I think he really would like Matabike. I don't know what's not to like about Matabike. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Me too. Um yeah, so I think free agency. Yeah, if you're gonna sign two of them, where are you on the Mike Evans situation? What if Mike Evans was their splashy hire and you're going instead of I mean that would be well, that would be the opposite of what D'Amico was saying in his closing press conference, where it's like we build through the defensive line. That's where our resources are going to go. Oh no, let's get a receiver to put with Tank Dell and Nico Collins. Yeah, well, I don't, you know, I mean, it doesn't putting you can put resources into the defensive line, but also put resources into the. I mean, it's not like they're going to do nothing but draft and sign free agents on the defensive line. Yeah. So I think that I, for one, 
if it were Mike Evans, I wouldn't want Derrick Henry and vice versa. I'm only going to spend on I'm only going to spend on one veteran guy. Um, if I, I'm Henry only going to spend on cheap. one veteran, veteran Henry guy. might be cheap. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Is yeah. Derrick Henry's just probably going to be cheaper because a lot of teams are going to be scared off. It's it's funny. I think I think more teams are still scared off by a 30 year old running back than they are of a a young running back, even though. Like in my mind, the fact that Derrick Henry has actually stood the test of time, I look at him more as a Frank Gore type right now than I do some of these younger guys that I just don't. I don't know if I can trust him for one more year. Yeah, that's interesting. I just, there's been so many guys that have fallen off a cliff in their fifth or sixth year of being an NFL running back. That's that's that, that's interesting. Sorry, Seth, I didn't mean to interrupt yeah. you. That that because yeah, like like I think Curtis Martin's another name that comes up for me. Uh, Curtis Martin played till he was like 35. I wonder if there's a dynamic with running backs. Like, if you make it to age 29 or 30, then you probably could make it to 33. Like, once you've gotten past that magical number of 27 or 28, where most guys fall off, if you get two years past that, maybe you're just built differently, and you're going to get to 32 or 33 years old and still be productive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Are you you just – are you an outlier? Yeah. And it it feels like, yeah, I think he's he's an outlier. And it's – I, you know, there's a wrong year for me as a Houston Texans fan to be stumping for him because the Texans completely and totally shut him down. <laughs> but I watch enough yeah. of his games this year, and that that Titans offensive line was so bad. Remember that? Remember the Texans had seven sacks in that first game versus the Titans. That's right. Um, it was like they're a bad offensive line, and that was a huge part of the problem that day for the those two days for uh, for for Derrick Henry. Uh, so yeah, I don't um. I just don't, I only want one old guy. The thing with Mike Evans is I really, I love Mike Evans. But when it comes to the composition of the defensive line, or excuse me, the, the wide receiver meeting room, yeah. I feel like you've got, Nico Collins is now a veteran player. Yep. Tank Dell is your electric speed threat. Um, do, you, do you start, I, I feel like you need to keep trying to find younger guys there. It, it feels like a draft pick more so than a free agency acquisition. What about both? As long as you can, tr- what's that? <laughs> what about both? Yeah, both. <laughs> what about I don't, both? I, I think Mike Evans, I think Mike Evans, I, I bet the money is there for him in Tampa. I don't know. If you're going to if you're oh, going to keep Baker Mayfield, if they keep Baker Mayfield, they better not be spending like actual quarterback money on him, which right. means that you're also saving some money for that very thing that makes Baker Mayfield viable. Yeah. The fact that he's got both Godwin and Mike Evans. Evans there. is a legend with that franchise too. You know, it's one yeah. thing to bring back Chris Godwin on a deal like they did one or two years ago. Like Evans is the greatest wide receiver in the history of that franchise and and yeah. and, a, and a possible Hall of Famer too. Um speaking of Aggies, What's up, Gramps? And Hall of Famers. What's up, Gramps? Yeah, you are a Hall of Famer, aren't you? You're in a Hall of Fame, aren't you? Uh, yes, I am. Yeah. I'm in the uh, you're Hall of Fame. A&M uh, Liberal Arts. Yeah. 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 It's the Hall of Fame everybody's talking about. <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> um, congratulations. Thank you order. very much. How about Grandpa? that? Um, Seth was wondering if you would adopt him as a grandchild. He wanted. He, he said he thought it might be a little awkward given the... You know, he's a little closer to you in age than yeah. your granddaughter it's that right. was just born I today. I can bounce him on my knee. Yeah. <laughs> oh, real? Can you? I'd love to see that. <laughs> that Someone was, thinks that was the thing I was afraid to ask. <laughs> no, it's done. It's done. <laughs> he said, uh, Seth said he'd like to be your grandchild because you would teach him how to talk to the ladies. <laughs> I do need a son. Yeah. Okay. I got two girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need a Lopez. Everything smooth? Everything, Everything smooth, good? except I haven't gotten to see it yet. Oh, really? They hadn't gotten a room. I went this morning uh, on the way in, okay. and uh, they hadn't gotten a room. And, of course, five minutes after I left, they got a room. Got a room. And, uh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah so, but I'll, I'll be bolting out Penelope Jan Lopez. Penelope Jan. Okay. Jan, we know. That's your wife's name. Yeah. So that's an homage to her. Pen- Penelope come from They anywhere? like her. Uh, they like Penny. Penny? And, okay. And my son's name, uh, who had her. Uh, is BG right? So she can be PJ. I like oh, PJ as a nickname. Yeah, yeah. That's a, she can be a, PJ. Yeah, not yeah. a nickname, but obviously. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's cool. I think initial names with girls is a cool thing. And uh, then I'm going to have my son SP. SP. Seth Payne. Seth. Right. right. <laughs> my grandson. SP Lopez. SP Lopez. What's your middle name? Copeland. SC. That sounds S- even better. SC Lopez. Yeah. Yeah. 
I like it. Happy Mikoversary. Close to today, essay. By the way. <laughs> 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 See, it fits. It fits. I'll just call you essay. Essay. Come here to Grandpa Essay. Um, <laughs> uh, sh- she was born, Penelope, on the anniversary of D'Amico Ryan's getting hired by the Texans. He, uh, she, this is a good omen. She absolutely was. And when we were doing. Uh, it's good that they waited 40 hours to have her. And when we were gambling on the day that she would be born, yours truly picked January 31st. You did? Yes, I what, did. What did you win? Uh, I don't know. I think something. Uh, okay. There's a. There's a little uh, pot uh, uh, going on. You see, now now I want to be your grandson. You <laughs> gamble, gamble on the littlest things. Yes, yes. You have room for me and Seth? <laughs> That's right. All right, uh, good stuff. Um, yeah, so happy Mikoversary to you, John yes. Lopez. Thank you very much. It was a big much. day one year ago. Yes, it was. The big Houston Sports Awards last night for CJ. Yeah, and CJ was... Uh, Cleaned house. Next level. Next level. And they mm-hmm. were, boy, they popped big for him every time he showed up. That's on what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. He's a different, he's in a different category. Different level of sports. I call it the dream meter. Yeah. You'll yeah. hear about that today. Dream okay, good. Meter. Oh, All right. Okay. Uh. Um, this is Crosstalk brought to you by DM Leasing. You're listening to KLT and KLT HD2 on Odyssey Station. Seth, antibodies to you, my friend. Antibodies to you, SA. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Appreciate that. SC Lopez. That's right. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 